This is the Seven Figures Podcast Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. Thanks for joining the show. Coffee cup in hand. We are ready to power through Friday. One more day to the weekend. If it's been a long, stressful week for you at work, you can do this. We all have those stressful weeks or those stressful days. And when we do, who is your go-to person that you lean on that calms you down and gives you great advice? If you are fortunate and blessed enough to have mama still around, maybe she is that go-to person. But they say that the advice that you get from mom isn't the best advice. Mom's wisdom about how to fit in at the office is out of date. The way our mothers used to navigate through the office politics has changed. It's different now, and we have to learn how to adapt. Different for the better, though, I think. We cash in with our expert today, Jackie Close, partner at Ernst & Young. Actually, the first female partner at a big four accounting firm in Rochester. Thanks for being here again with us. Absolutely. First female partner at a big four accounting firm in Rochester. How did you climb up the ranks, get to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, at Ernst & Young, it's an accounting firm, professional services firm. So it's very typical that you, it's almost like school. You start as a staff and then there's standard years that you work through each stage. You know, for us, it's two years as a staff, three years as a senior, three years as a manager, and then however many years as a senior manager, And then if you're going to make partner, make partner. So for the most part in most economic situations, you kind of progress through your career in that fashion unless there's a big issue. So I didn't have a very competitive environment where there was one slot open and people were fighting for that one spot. So I'm very fortunate in that and was able to grow and succeed throughout my career. I think for us, it's more just having the stamina to stick in it and you know, work the long hours and continue to progress and stay within public accounting versus, you know, there's a lot of turnover and people go to um, work in either accounting departments or other jobs in industry. Now, because you did say that there are a lot of hours, there's a lot of work involved. Mm -hmm. Is it a struggle for women? Yeah, I would. I don't think it's a struggle for women to go up the ranks necessarily. Um, I do think we're still working through how to sustain women in the environment and how to, you know, work through the different challenges between men and women and women um, having children and is that what it is? balancing because, careers. Yeah. And so and oftentimes, I mean, with men and women, we do struggle to, you know, keep people engaged for the full term because of the the stress and the hours. I think for women, it's more about the environment that you're put in and feeling as though you are an equal to your peers and making sure you're getting on the right projects or you feel that you have um, the right connections and network within your engagements, within your teams, within with your clients as well, such that you're put on the projects that give you the right skills that is helping you be successful mm-hmm. and then move to the next level. And then also just navigating some of the politics Um, to get just to get things done. You know, it was interesting. A few weeks ago, we had Susan Hughes in, who's the president of the Women's Council of Realtors. And she had mentioned that, and I never really thought of it, that most of us women volunteer 
for the wrong thing in mm-hmm. the workplace. So mm-hmm. who wants to host a company party is the example that she gave. And who does it tend to be? A female will raise their hand. All right, yeah. fine, I'll do it. Take on this extra workload. But really, is that going to move the needle as far as financial needle for the company? Right. Do you get promoted because you're organizing the company holiday party or whatever? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that point. And I think it's having the right sponsor of somebody who knows how to navigate your career, What's gonna, what projects are going to get you to those. Yeah. And there have been definitely different times in my career where I didn't have that sponsor. And so I worked on a lot of different things or different projects that I agree I was doing a lot of work that took a lot of time but wasn't a lot of visibility or wasn't enhancing Mm -hmm. my skills, but somebody had to do it, right? And there's always, you know, different factors that lead into that. And sometimes you just have to do it and sometimes you do learn things. But um, there were some very specific times where I had great sponsors and they did put me in certain situations. And I know one specific situations where it, it was a town hall event and there was leadership there and my sponsor was very good at making sure whenever we had leadership at those types of meetings that I was front and center. I was leading the events and there was a specific event where my regional boss was there and he said, who is that? I want to know who she is. Oh, and wow. specifically reached out to me and he sponsored me to get promoted to partner. And that was very well calculated by my boss to make sure I was in that position because he knew that the that those situations are where you get that visibility. So it was a male sponsor that Correct. you said was mm-hmm. strategizing for you, Absolutely. helping you. Yep. And sometimes it's women, sometimes it's men. And I think there's plenty of instances where men are promoting the men and, you know, staying in their cliques. But there's many men out there who are advocates and sponsors yeah. of women. And I think oftentimes many men understand the challenges and help women navigate and think through that. Um, there's many men who are interested in supporting women, but they aren't really necessarily up to speed on the different challenges or how to make that happen. They're supportive. They just don't know how to make that happen. Maybe they're not as strategic. So I do think men are a key to the advancement of women and helping them understand what they can do and how they can support us and what are some of the different challenges. So how is it different, the environment, the landscape from our, our mothers who try to work up the ladder And we say, okay, don't seek advice from mom because she might have a skewed view on it all. What is different and how should we be different? Yeah, I feel like oftentimes when I'm talking to women in the, you know, our mother's generation, including my mom, my friend's moms, you know, even women at work, what they had to go through was very different than the experience that I had. And I think part of that is the industry I'm in. Part of that is just that they paved the way for us and that they, you know, many years ago went to work and were not just secretaries or the the base entry-level positions, Mm -hmm. but they started working up the ladder and it was not easy for them. They had to fight. They had to work long hours, so much more than their male counterparts, just to be seen, you know, in an equal light, to be able to produce as much. And they really struggled with having children because childcare wasn't you know, as sophisticated as it is now, um, there were moral views across their company, perhaps, that um, I've heard so many stories from women of how they had to fight or just the environment that they were in. One woman told me that she came back from maternity leave and a male left 
on her desk an article about how daycare destroys children and <gasps> women should not work while her children were in daycare and she returned to work. And so I, I feel the opposite about daycare. I think it's fantastic for my children to be in daycare in that environment. Now, again, daycare has come a long way, but that's not an environment that I've ever had to deal with coming back from yeah. maternity leave or you know, supporting my children or going home to my children at night that I am ashamed that my coworkers are putting me in an environment where I feel as though I'm doing something wrong or evil to my children. And I hear this a lot from women who are a generation older than us who would say we would kind of have to act like a man. Mm-hmm. We would have to be tough as nails. We would have to just leave our personal life at home. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, that's that's really changed. I've seen that change more in recent years and that we should be bringing our whole selves to work. I think we used to have to fight and, and act like a man. But now, personally for me, when I'm in a situation where I'm not true to myself, it all falls apart because I'm making decisions that are not my personal style. Um, when I'm making decisions based on what I truly feel, is important, empathetic, working with teams, collaboration, holistically seeing the whole picture. Those are characteristics that women typically are very good at. And so if we make decisions based on that style and what really personally resonates with us, then we'll be more effective because it will holistically make decisions that we truly believe in and see are important. We're genuine with our actions. As opposed Absolutely. to putting on this facade, like, right. I think this is the way I'm supposed to run mm-hmm. this company mm-hmm. or manage this team. Yeah. And when I've been in situations where um, I have felt uh, maybe not as supported by the men around me and there's been specific issues, when I was very aggressive and I pushed back and I sort of fought, it did not work out. And, and it's not who you are. It, because it's not who I am. And then I was seen as, while the crazy lady who is fighting and, you know, pushing on something. And I really don't understand why she has such a big issue, whereas they just weren't able to see that. And so approaching an issue, approaching a situation as I typically would as a female and talking through the issue, figuring out better solutions and working as a team have always been much more successful for me personally. And really we are, in the middle of it, we saw both sides, didn't mm-hmm. we? When we were starting out our yeah. careers, I remember when I was, okay, I have to be tough. I can't mm-hmm. show emotion. I have to walk the the walk that I'm not familiar with and right. try to be, my, you know, contract negotiations. I'll slam down my fist and demand <laughs> this. Oh, that is so not me. No. And now it feels more just be honest mm-hmm. to who you are, have an open and honest conversation. Hey, listen, my kid is sick. I got to go home or whatever it may be. And don't feel guilty about it. Right. Mm-hmm. That is probably still a struggle, though, for a lot of probably a lot more women, I think, is once you do have a family to juggle it all. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the women who decide, OK, I'll just pause my career for a second And once the kids get of age, you know, a little bit older going to school, maybe I'll start it back up. And then there's the women who just keep moving forward. I think it's common for people to look to the future and have a perception of what their life might look like and take a step back or pull back. And rather than thinking through some of the solutions or some of the options, um, 
again, I think daycare has been fantastic for my children. Or even asking, you know, your employers for flexible work arrangements, either a reduced schedule or a different schedule. And I think oftentimes we don't ask for those things, but a lot of employers are willing and interested. Um, I was talking to one of my clients recently who told me she does not have a maternity leave policy for her employees. So they started realizing that this was an issue for their company and a woman was going out onto maternity leave and they gave her 16 weeks paid maternity leave where historically they maybe just used disability, had a short time off and they were just on FMLA and really weren't able to take a full time off. And they started realizing that was really important. So just asking those questions and saying, we don't have a maternity leave policy, but I want to make sure I have the time to stay home with my child and I'm not stressed about these things. How are we going to work this out? And asking the question, because a lot of employers are open to having those conversations. And Is so, it a small business, though? No, it was not a small business. Really? But I think a lot of small businesses I've had um, conversations with where, you know, maybe it won't be 16 weeks that somebody will get off, but they're definitely interested in keeping and retaining their employees and making them happy. Well, I feel like a small business, you can make more headway in that when it's a big yeah. company and you have the corporate headquarters that aren't even local. Well, I think at at this time, I'm seeing a shift in the market where, uh, you know, we're getting towards a workforce shortage. I think we're projected to have a workforce shortage in 2020, 2021. And so companies in Rochester are competing for top talent. And when they're competing against other companies, large companies, small companies, they want the best and brightest. And if they're losing employees because they're going to other companies that have better benefits or, you know, a better culture, a better work environment, they are realizing I need a way to really attract and retain. And when I think about the millennials, you know, for years we've, said millennials are entitled. They want all these extra things. They don't work hard. But I think the the shift is changing a bit with the attitude towards millennials. I think, you know, for, for many years, we have all worked a ton. We've, you know, really tried to cut headcount, cut costs in so many different ways that we're working far too many hours. We're taking on far too many responsibilities. And the shift is going towards more better work-life balance, what really needs to get done, how can we're we automate things. That. Right, We were, we're almost advocating for the corporate world. Now that I stand back yes. and look at it, because I was one of those people that was like, oh, millennials, just toughen up. Yeah. Just put in the hours right. I did. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what it is, the resentment of all the hours that we put in. Right, to get here. Trying to, yes, work we're, up the ladder. Absolutely. And we were, yeah, we were defending the company, which was kind of, in a way, mistreating us, demanding so much. Right. We're very fortunate that the millennials Mm -hmm. are, you know, are actually, you're right, paving the way for work-life balance and for it's okay to have a family and to demand some time off. Yeah, and I think, I mean, for years, I was the same. I I worked hard. I just put your head down and get it done, and this is what needs to happen. And I've recently realized, like, you can only sustain that for so long. In order to be an efficient, productive person, you really need to take care of your body and take care of yourself. And so I see this growth in yoga and mindfulness classes and just the Breathe app, just take a breath, get up and take a walk. We need to take care of our bodies or else we're not going to be 
that fantastic employee that we once were, right? And, and the millennial will have yes. the courage to tell their boss, I'm not coming in. I'm not putting in those extra hours because I need me time. Mm-hmm. Whereas you would have, we started, we would- I don't know, I hope I'm not speaking for you, but no way would I say no. Right. Just put your head down and get it done. Yes. Mm-hmm. I learned you have to say yes every time. It's yes and then figure out how to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I see it with, I mean, we're forcing vacations now. We have twice a year where Ernst & Young shuts down 4th of July week and Christmas week. And I think I'm I'm looking at it and seeing that we have a ton of vacation, but nobody ever takes it. So then people are requesting vacation carryovers, but then they don't take that because then yeah. the next year it just keeps piling up. Yeah. And so we really sort of need to be forced to stop what we're doing, take yeah. a break. And when you come back from that vacation, you're so much more relaxed, relaxed and refreshed. And I feel like historically you were on vacation, you brought your phone, you brought your computer, you worked and... You were stressed the whole time because you're waking up early to get work done and then you're sort of multitasking with your family. Whereas now I've seen a big trend with internally and also with our clients where when you're on vacation, you're on vacation, you take that break because then when you come back, you're that much more efficient and productive. And I think that's a great trend because it really is true. If you're not taking care of your body, you can work 80 hours a week all year, but you're no more productive than you are working significantly less because there's a diminishing return. And the studies have shown it. I mean, there's study upon study that's reinforcing that. Right. I am excited for the future generation. As much as you hear the negative, Mm -hmm. scared for the future. I'm kind of excited for the girls, the women coming in because it, it feels like there's not as much of a difference entering the workforce. Do you still see that or? I think we have, I think we still have a lot more to go. And I, when I entered the workforce, um, I never saw a difference in boys versus girls growing up and in school and in high school and college. And I thought that differences between men and women or parity within the workforce was the thing of my mother's career. They paved the way and now we're good. Let's move on. But that was pretty naive and that there's still there's still men who consciously or unconsciously still create those barriers, um, still will mentor men below them. They still have that boys club, maybe where they're talking about sports. They're going golfing together. They have happy hours together. And these are well-meaning men, but they just aren't necessarily thinking about, I need to create this inclusive environment. Are these environment. The old guys, though? In the no, actually, I'm oh. seeing this with people who are probably, you know, five, 10 years behind me. And we've had a recent situation where young guys were just not creating an environment where the woman felt supportive. They, it, they were unconsciously doing that and just saying, okay, well, these are my friends. I'm going to go hang out with them or I'm mm-hmm. going to go have lunch with them. Mm-hmm. Not realizing, okay, as you move up the ranks, you're now in a leadership position you need to create a more inclusive environment. And so it's not that they were conscious about it, but once we had the conversation that said, okay, we just lost these women. There's another woman starting. She feels intimidated working with you guys. You know, can we work on this? They absolutely took that on and they understood, wow, maybe that was inappropriate for us to go to happy hour by ourselves and exclude the women again, not intentionally, but they're just friends. They've been working together for a while. And, and so they went out and then, but you said something, it took you saying something in order for them them to to recognize it. Mm. And then once they did recognize it, they, 
and but then also as you know as as women start becoming child rearing and they take the maternity leaves it's still something we need to think about and make sure that they feel empowered to take that maternity leave they feel empowered to you know get put on the right opportunities and the right jobs or the right different activities such that they're they're put in that position of visibility or um, leadership or taking on those tasks that will develop a skill. And so it's still a little bit of mindset, a little bit of um, confidence Mm -hmm. and, and some of those unconscious bias that we're still working through. Now working in the financial industry, which has always been really male dominated. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that more women are becoming engaged with their finances or do we still have a lot of work? In that area as well. We still have a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I'm a CPA. I understand accounting. I understand finances. Um, but my husband takes care of all of our finances. And we, even when he talks to me, I Does sort of check really? out. Mm-hmm. Because he's interested in it. He loves it. He creates these ridiculous spreadsheets of everything that he's managing. When we have conversations about it, he really is not all that interested in my input, but more telling me. Because it's something he can own. He likes to, you know, sort of work on his own, make the decisions. He isn't really looking for a collaborative conversation. So it's interesting when I attended Erica's first session, Women, Wealth, and Empowerment, uh, you know, some of the things she talked about and that women aren't engaged. And it's one last thing for us that we have to take ownership and responsibility for, right? And so... I, because we have our laundry list. We have to our do. laundry list mm-hmm. of things That's to the do. First one that we delegate. And if he wants to take 100 percent ownership, yeah. and it's something I could just move off my plate, I am happy to. Now, oftentimes I'm not necessarily in agreement with the positions he takes or the strategies he's working through. But if it's off my plate and I don't have to think about it, that's great. Let's move on. But. It is important that we engage and understand, and yeah. and we have. I mean, some of Erica's you know, talking points are really that what happens in a tragedy? What happens if there's a divorce or death? And I always say to my husband, I'm like, if you die tomorrow in a car accident, like I wouldn't even know where to find your files. I'm like, I need passwords. I don't even know what we have or where things are. I'm fully capable of those things. And I am just not engaged. We have done so many podcast episodes together. Yeah. Specifically about this. Okay, so we've been talking about the culture shift and how women are advancing in their careers and making more money and, you know, successfully balancing because there are a lot of women who are successfully balancing their careers and family. But when the woman makes more than the man in Mm -hmm. a relationship, do you see that to still be a struggle? I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, in my experience with my friends and and myself, um, There's many men who are very excited to have more money coming into the household and they are perfectly fine with it not being them. But there's more money in the household because many men are driven in your relationship and your Mm -hmm. personal relationship. If you feel comfortable telling us Mm -hmm. who makes more, I do. And your husband has always been fine with that. Yes. Oh, he's a good guy Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of men who wouldn't be able to who will say out loud they're cool with it. But Mm -hmm. really, I don't think they would be. He made more than me originally, and then we both advanced and progressed kind uh-huh. of back and forth in our careers, and then he made a conscious decision that he was fine not necessarily advancing his career, not 
you know, moving to take a promotion and that my career was really, you know, the focus. And, and was it so he could be home with the kids more? Or? Well, he works from home full time. So okay. in order for him to get a promotion, he would have to move to an office um, okay. and we would have to physically move from Rochester to another city. And he was not interested in that in that at all. I think that was part of his vision from the beginning. He knew, you know, I worked for a large firm. I worked a lot of hours. There was a lot of opportunities. And so he was very comfortable with that from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And now I think he wants to take advantage of those things and maybe try something different and start his own business or different things like that, which is which allows him that flexibility He's comfortable with that. And Uh, I feel in a relationship, though, it almost is one person inevitably has to take not a complete backseat where you're out of the workforce altogether, but a little bit of a backseat where you're slowing down your advancement for the family. Yeah, I've definitely seen couples that have two very high powered, you know, positions or high stress. And um, in my industry, I have I have a couple of families where there's two partners at the firm. And so clearly they're balancing each day and working together. It is a lot on the kids. And I think in those situations, you have to be very efficient and you have to have a lot of support around you. Right. I mean, it takes a village. And so um, my husband is home, so he gets the kids on and off the bus and he transports them to a lot of their activities. Whereas I think people who work in that situation, they have nannies or drivers that are and a lot of times that's not quality time. So it getting them in the car and logistically getting on the bus and eat your breakfast. I wouldn't necessarily call that the high quality time in my household. And so (laughs) that's something that maybe people sacrifice, but they're fully willing to sacrifice that because it's not that high quality time. And then, you know, maybe they've structured their life such that when they're home, they're home. They've delegated, you know, house cleaning and mowing the lawn and shoveling the dry, you know, all of those things that is not really value add for their family. They've delegated and they're working during that time, but when they're home, they're home they're and home, they're having 100% quality present. family yeah. time. And so, you know, for some couples that works. Did your husband, did he, at the start of this, when he started to take on more of those responsibilities with the family and driving the kids places, did he ever feel like he was being judged? I think he's fine with the perception. Um, I think, you know, there's when he would go and pick up and it's all moms and hymns. I don't think he was necessarily cared about being judged or the perception, but you know, it's, it's not his buddies, right? It's, it's women that, that stay home or whatnot that, that he's connecting with. But I, I think he's perfectly comfortable and fine with that. Well, that's good. That shows mm-hmm. that the mm-hmm. culture is shifting. Absolutely. Do you ever regret taking on that lead role as far as bringing in more? Do you ever wish that it was reversed? Sometimes, yes, but I think I have three daughters, and I do oh, think... Oh, man, your husband, he yes. a saint. <laughs> He's such a good husband and dad. <laughs> yes. So I think me being a role model to my three daughters uh, is very important, and that what they get to see on a daily basis of my competence and capabilities and how we manage a family and how mom and dad both contribute... Yeah, I think that is, is really important. important to me. It's funny. My daughter picked up on the fact, and sometimes they're picking up on things you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. She asked me why daddy always drives. I'm like, I never really thought about it. I just yeah. don't want to drive. I don't know. So from that day, I'm like, oh God, what am I teaching her by yeah. 
yeah, just letting him drive all the time. So now here I am trying to drive more often so I can show her. Yeah. <laughs> that is that just a man's job to drive? I don't know. Just those little those things. Those little things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of it is personal preference. I do think it's interesting. I think women are very interested in having equality in certain roles, but then taking out the garbage, driving, finances. We're yeah. perfectly fine with those being male yeah. responsibilities. She also, yeah. she also right? noticed that I don't mow the lawn and that right. I will not mow the lawn. Right. That is fine. <laughs> I will own that. <laughs> and so it, I think that's another thing too, yeah. where women felt I have to be able, my mother drives, right? I have to be able to do these things to be equal to a man. Um, she builds around the house. She takes ownership of, you know, painting and all of those decisions. Whereas I think we just need to work together. It's not necessarily that I have to drive or he has to drive or we have to share, but I do think sometimes we have personal interests of what we like to do and we utilize our skills to do those things. And so maybe it's driving, maybe it's mowing the lawn. I don't think we're going to get away from that. I don't think I'm going to enjoy mowing the lawn ever, whereas my husband loves mowing the lawn. So there's making sure we're, having those conversations or thinking through, daddy likes to do that. And, you know, I prefer not to. I can. I drive you all the time when it's just me. But if it's the family in the car. Yeah. Or killing the bugs. Oh, the daddy loves killing spiders. Mommy does not. (laughs) I'm the spider killer and I'm perfectly fine with that. (laughs) But it does kind of go back to what we were saying in the workplace, just be who you are. You right. don't have to walk into the workplace and be that man. Right. Act like somebody you're not. Right. I don't have to prove that I'm capable of mowing the lawn or prove that I'm capable yeah, of that's a good point. building something. My husband is fabulous at building things. Like, I don't even know where to begin. He just likes to do it and I like to do other things. So, Well, that's the lesson then to mm-hmm. teach our kids is just to be who you are. What you like. Jackie Close, partner at Ernst & Young. From a confident, successful woman on top of her game in the accounting world to another very influential female who has an inspiring story to tell, Lauren Dixon will join us next week. She tells us she's ready to open up about her past and what made her who she is today, her secret for success. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the 7 Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women.